0: Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, a podcast where we dig deeper into what it looks like to live a life where in the end, all that matters is God and people. Each week, we will have candid and authentic conversations about how every day brings a fresh beginning and that the best is yet to come as we work together to help fulfill the mission that Jesus has given us. Now, here's our host.
1: Well, hey, everybody. I'm Robert sitting here with Chad. And today in the podcast, we're talking more about unity. We're in week two of a series. And Chad, talk to us about what you're talking about this weekend.
2: Yeah, so unity is the second biggest theme in the New Testament. The first theme, obviously, is Jesus and the gospel. But then almost everything written beyond that, you can put in the context of unity. We're to be unified when it comes to Jesus and the gospel. So a lot of the letters that are written in the New Testament are written because the church is fighting. Mm-hmm. People weren't getting along. I know that's hard to imagine, but it happens even in the church. Mm-hmm. And so the Apostle Paul, uh, Peter, John, they're writing to say, hey, come on, guys, remember what matters most. Uh, and here's how we're going to handle this. And so second biggest theme in the New Testament is, is unity.
1: Yeah. And this weekend, you're talking about uh, how how the church can be unified. What are some of the things right now that you see bringing disunity within the church?
2: Well, there's—the um, <laughs> list is long. Yeah. I mean, just, just think about it right now. What do you have to be upset about? Everything. Right, Everything. Um, I'll tell the church this every once in a while. You know, we can all get happy in the same pants we're getting upset in. But it's it's easy to be irritated right now. You know, pick pick your thing. Yeah. Uh, masks. Um, what's going on? Because it's election season. Um, you know, we got our kids at home now. They're going back to school, but it's a little bit confusing. Um, we're coming out of the hottest summer on record. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and and quite frankly, I mean, I talked about all the things—not all the things, but a lot of things—that are going on in our world last week. But you know, I didn't bring up the fires mm-hmm. that are going
1: on out west. You didn't bring up that they shut down sports. And all the people's outlets of going to the gyms,
2: and on and on and on it goes. Yeah, the storm mm-hmm. uh, that hit Louisiana, that went all the way up the state. There's been some weird stuff in in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting squeezed, man. Yeah, in 2020, and and a and lot the year's of
1: not over yet. In a lot of yeah. different
2: ways, right? Um. So there's a lot to fight and argue about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I've asked the church to fast from social media. Social media does not help us when it comes to arguing and fighting. It hurts us because it's extremely tribal. Uh, You're not the customer. You're the product. Mm -hmm. And social media is designed to hook you as the product uh, on something that's going to make you mad, irritate you, to keep you online looking Uh, because that way their customer, who they're really serving, the advertisers, uh, can get in front of you. Uh, more and more and more. So, step off that assembly line. Mm-hmm. If you if you haven't taken the challenge to fast from social media, do that. I'm doing 40 days. You can do 40. You can do 21. You can do seven. But yeah, there's tons of things for us to argue about right now. So how can let's let's take two hypothetical people here. How can two hypothetical
1: people who strongly disagree on something? Are oh, we talking
2: about you and me right now?
1: Maybe All be right.
2: unified. Well, let's let's go big. Yeah. All right. So. One of the things I talked about this weekend, and again, unity's second biggest theme in the New Testament, Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane in John 17, that we would be one. All right, that sounds great, but here's how he says it. He's praying for future believers, and the prayer is, Father, I pray that they would be one like you and I are one. Mm -hmm. All right, well, that's a mystery. You know, that's a big deal. So how can you and I, let's let's go with you and me in this hypothetical, if there's something we disagree on, uh, because you haven't seen the light yet, and I'm probably helping you. But anyway, if there's something that uh, you and I disagree on, um, we have to remember that the most important things in life, mm-hmm. we very much agree on. That's right. So, you and I are to be one as brothers in Christ the way that Jesus and the Father are one. So, you want to talk theology for a second? Sure. Let's go there. All right. Are you excited? I'm so excited. All right. Think about God for a second, meaning who and what he is. So, he's the Lord God, but he's one God made up of three persons, Mm -hmm. and he's one God. Right? So, this is the doctrine of the Trinity. Again, we're talking theology. Just hang tight. So, the word Trinity is nowhere in the Bible. You won't find that word. It's a theological word. But the reality of the Trinity is expressed throughout the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, you have one God who is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Three distinct persons and yet one God. And so, when Jesus says... May we as brothers in Christ be one the, the way that he and the Father are one. We're talking about the mystery of the Trinity. Yeah, But this oneness theme is throughout the scriptures. Thus unity is throughout the scriptures. Mm-hmm. So this being who is God, one God and yet three persons. And I always tell people, you know, explain the Trinity. Well, I can't. Yeah. You know, the best I got is don't think addition, one plus one plus one equals three. Think multiplication, one times one times one equals one to the third, right? Mm-hmm. So you have one divine essence expressed in three persons. That's right. Yeah. And, and even the way I said that's not totally accurate. Uh, one God, three three persons. And so this being from the very beginning, God, one and yet three, three and yet one, creates Adam and Eve. And one of his first commands is, you are two. Become one. I now want you to become one. Mm-hmm. And this is marriage, and the Bible calls that a mystery. Mm-hmm. Because my wife and I have been married almost 20 years and we're still working on becoming one, right? Figuring that out. So so unity is this character-building thing of entering into the family of God— and having a relationship with my brothers and sisters that I might even have disagreements mm-hmm. with, but we're one because we're part of the family just as Jesus and the Father are one. This is a massive, supernatural, big mm-hmm. calling, right? And so if we're going to teach the scriptures, we have to teach unity. You, you, you can't escape it. Yeah. And yet it's embarrassing, I mean how many denominations are there, yeah, and then how many uh, in, in Christendom, and then how many variations of those denominations are you yeah, uh, are there right, and you mentioned is a it- Kid, your church split over carpet color. We split over carpet color. Yeah, Yeah. Robert and I had a conversation about that not too long ago. I I mean, people fight for all kinds of reasons over stupid things. Um, How many fights have you been in with your spouse that in the middle of the fight, you're going, what are we we fighting about? about? What What are we we fighting about? What are we fighting? Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. I'm winning. Dang it. (laughs) Right? Um, And so unity teaches us to give and serve. Unity teaches us to love one another. Unity teaches us to reflect. The very essence of who and what God is, because God, in the very essence of who and what He is, is He's relational. Yeah, He can't be lonely. He's not one. He's three. He's not three. He's one. And there is unity in the context of the Trinity that is a mystery. Mm-hmm. And God commands us, "Hey, you guys, work on that. And figure that out, right?" Yeah. Which is a supernatural thing.
1: And I don't, I don't know. This might be crossing a line to even say there. There is almost this moment of disagreement in the Garden where Jesus is like, "Hey." Is there any other way when he's about to go to the cross? Is there any other way, Father? You know that you know not not this way, but it, you know and kind of doing that. But then he ends it with, "But not my will, Your will be done." There's a humility that that preserves that unity. And
2: in that same prayer, that's a, yeah, he prays, mm-hmm. "May future believers be one, Father, the way that you and I are one." There's a humility in unity. There's also an authority in humility. Mm-hmm. And so, Robert, if you and I have a disagreement and we say, Okay, but we're gonna be unified. Now, I'm not talking about church work now, because yep. I'm I'm your boss, there's authority there. But outside of that in our friendship, you and I have an ultimate authority. Mm-hmm. And so even though we might disagree, we can submit ourselves to the ultimate authority mm-hmm. to our Heavenly Father, and in that find agreement. Yeah. And and so uh right now uh, humility in America is lacking. Yeah. We're all self-righteous and we all have our self-righteous indignation about whatever our issue is. Mm-hmm. And we idolize the issue and we are forgetting the ultimate th- authority, who is Jesus Christ. We're forgetting that, you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever you want to pick, Jesus would say, well, it's not that way and it's not that way. I'm the way. Mm-hmm. There is a third option. And the third option is the kingdom of God. The third option is King Jesus. And if I have any message right now for the church, not just Sun Valley, but the church at large, is, hey, let's submit ourselves to the ultimate authority yeah. and, and that love each other well, so that, and Jesus says this in the prayer in John 17 too, so that the world will know that we're legit yeah. by our love for one another, e- even in the context of our disagreements.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things right now in our society, in our world. And I, I wouldn't say they're not important things. They're just not the main thing. And, and people have elevated things that, you know, they're passionate about or that are important and they're making it the main thing. And it's it's superseding that. And that's where the division comes because I might go, no, nah, that's not that's not the most important thing to me right now. It's actually this. None of us are talking biblically. We're talking politically. We're talking about that's my right. own personal whatever. Um, but, but to elevate the main thing back to that main thing and to lower those other things still important not saying that you know all all these issues aren't aren't important but they're not the main thing the main thing is the gospel the main thing is the work that Jesus is doing in the world to restore and redeem what's been broken
2: yeah you you could you could get every law right we could get every system right we could have a perfect form of government, meaning it's exactly the way I think it ought to be from the president down to the dog catcher, mm-hmm. and the world will still be screwed up Yeah, because there's one Savior. Mm-hmm. And we're all getting freaked out over the world being as Jesus said it would be. Yeah, uh, And we need a Savior, and all these things are temporal. There is an eternal reality. And so, again, we've got to take hold of the third option. Christians ought to be a little bit weird. Yeah. Um. We're 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 a different culture, you know. And, Everything and
1: Jesus taught goes against culture, goes oh against my, our natural oh way gosh. of doing things. So. Yeah,
2: and, and right now we're going, well, if you're not in my political tribe, then you're an idiot. That's just not true. Yeah. Um we're idiots because we're we're being duped right now, you know? And I talk, you know, talk about social media and it's keeping us in our own echo chamber mm-hmm. and we we can't listen and the devil's just laughing at us. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the call of the church is, come on, let's grow up a little bit. Let's remember we're part of the third option. Jesus is our king. Uh, unity is never person-driven. It's always purpose-driven. Mm-hmm. And our purpose is we help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. So let's get on board with that. You know, It sounds like I'm having all these problems, right? I, I'm not. I just know this is going on in our yeah. hearts and minds. Um, we've got to keep Jesus on the throne of our lives. Yeah. And right now we're being tested. How do, how do I know?
1: When I've reached the point where I'm elevating something higher than the the ultimate calling, the ultimate, the main thing, the main thing, um, where, where can I get the indicator that, okay, I'm making too big of a deal of something?
2: Where is your focus? What are you thinking about the most? And what right now just freaks you out and sets you off? Hmm. You can tell a lot about a person by watching and examining what makes them angry. Mm-hmm. Um, not all anger is wrong, mm-hmm. but most of it is in our humanity. God gets angry. There's there's a righteous anger, mm-hmm. but some of us are getting angry over things that are temporal, over things that most likely, once the first week of November passes, you know, mm-hmm. some of the things we're getting angry about are going to pass too. There's there's All of these things going on. So, you know, um, (laughs) we used to say in our house, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I don't think you guys originated that. Yeah, we didn't. We got it from somewhere. All my rhymes came from somewhere, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, but check yourself before you wreck yourself. Why am I so upset about this? You know? Um, Yeah, man. The secret of happiness in a lot of ways is just low expectations. (laughs) Of course the world is not the way it's supposed to be. Uh, This is why we have the Savior. This is why we trust His eminent return, that He'll come and restore all things to the way they're supposed to be. Uh, So let's just grow up a little bit. And again, (laughs) take a break from social media. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you, you're going to twitch for a few days, but your soul's going to calm down a bit.
1: Well, with social media too, I can get so fired up about certain things that now all my focus is out there. It's this issue out here, and I can armchair quarterback and, well, they should do this different or that person should. And what I'm not doing is going, all right, God, What what's within my own heart that you're wanting to work on? What are the things you're wanting to do in my own life? It's a lot easier for me to point out stuff and everybody else and just ignore that. And I feel like that's a lot of what's going on rather than the humility to go, all right, what do I need to work on? What, what are what are my personal challenges that God wants to, to transform and change?
2: Yeah, and, and even the way we use the scriptures, right? The Bible is meant to be a mirror mm-hmm. before it's meant to be a pair of binoculars. Yeah. So some of us are even using the Bible as a weapon. Here's the problem in modern day, right? Um, All these little things that we have to argue about, we throw a little Jesus in there too. And the devil is fine Mm -hmm. with us using the name of God as long as we're not going to practice the truth of God. And what's happening in modern day is uh, we're spiritualizing things that don't have anything to do with Jesus. So let's let's talk politics for a second. Let's do it. You want to go there? Oh, yeah. Okay. There are four things that the Bible addresses mm-hmm. when it comes to nations and politics. So I thought through this, prayed about it, talked to a couple of people smarter than me. You go all the way through the scriptures. Here's the four things the Bible addresses that we can vote in the realm of these things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oppression of the poor, oppression of the foreigner, sanctity of life and sanctity of sexuality. Okay. Say those, say those again. Oppression of the poor. Mm-hmm. Bible addresses that. Yep. Oppression of the foreigner. Bible addresses that and, and, and addresses it on, on both sides of, of, of the issue. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so let's pick foreigners, you know, should we care for foreigners or should we have borders? Yes. Yes. That's like, should I help people that don't have a home or should I lock my front door at night? Mm-hmm. Yes. And again, all of these things are tensions that we manage in a broken world. So oppression of the poor, oppression of the foreigner, sanctity of life, mm-hmm. and then sanctity of sexuality. Mm-hmm. And you can ask me about any of those things, obviously, if you want, I'm, I'm fine talking about it. But those are the four big biblical pillars when it comes to how we vote and, and, and those, those kinds of things. Well... None of those things um, are things that we can fix in this world with worldly wisdom. Mm-hmm. All of them are solved in the realm of the gospel and the power of the gospel and in the realm of God's kingdom and, and the third option. Yeah. Right? And, and so um, all of us are fighting about these things. And, of course, we need to pray and vote our, our conscience. But I do want to say this about politics. Government doesn't solve anything. Government's job is to manage the tensions of society. I gave an example just a moment ago. So should we care for immigrants or should we protect our border? The answer is yes, mm-hmm. sanctity of life. Should we protect the rights of the unborn or should we care for women who are in difficult situations? Yes, right? There's there's all of these things. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day and I said, well, who shouldn't government represent? Should government represent the rich, or should government represent the poor? Yes, because yes. both types of people uh, reside in this country, so again, all of us are fighting we 're getting tribal when the reality of government is, we just manage tensions mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so um, I tend right, well just again i 'm just letting it out yep. now, right so i I tend to be politically conservative that's mm-hmm. that's who I am that 's kind of how I see the world, uh, and, and that's that's the way I go. But sometimes I'll vote a little differently because of that particular issue. Mm-hmm. Because hopefully I have the ability to see an issue for what it is and then in that realize the four biblical things yep. and I'm allowing God to guide me in the in the way that I in the way that I vote. And I also know that not everybody thinks like I do, mm-hmm. and I think they should be represented in our government too. Mm-hmm. So I don't want everybody to be on my side because it, it, then it doesn't represent somebody that's on the other side. So again, government manages those those tensions. It doesn't necessarily solve the problems. And we're voting in the realm of how do we best think the tensions can be managed? Yeah. yeah. But Jesus is the answer. Again, followers of Jesus live in a different world. Yep. You could have all
1: the right policies, all the right government. I want to go back to that. The issue still lies in the heart of men and women. Exactly. And, and they, they need to be transformed through the gospel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, I'm not for saying, well, that's a hard issue, so I'm going to leave it alone. No, let's bring social justice. Yep. Let's, let's live respect, with those tensions. Let's yep. respect local authority. Let's do all those things. But no, the gospel is the answer, that's which right. is why at Sun Valley, that's why I'm not a politician. Yeah. Right? I want to change the world, and politics isn't going to do that. Yep. What's going to do that is helping people meet known know and follow Jesus. That's right.
1: That's right. Uh, why do you think it is you you have so much difficulty parking your new
2: truck? <laughs> let's go there. Yeah, I don't have difficulty. It's the I, church parking lot in the middle of the week and yes, I'm fine taking up two spaces. It's it's
1: been a real struggle for Chad. He got a he got a truck and uh, it's bigger than his previous vehicle. Yeah, and so, I, so just, I
2: did I had a little sports car and then my midlife crisis is <laughs> I'm I'm going back to my roots cuz I'm from Texas. And I got a 2014 F one hundred and fifty, and I I love that truck. Actually, it's great. But yeah, I, I'm learning to park it. That that is real. I've had
1: it's to add an extra fifteen minutes to my schedule anytime I meet with Chad because I know we're going to spend seven and a half finding a parking spot. You're overstating of...
2: it a little bit. Rob's just bit, not jealous because
1: he drives a Kia. I do drive a Kia, so I'll park it so in any space. So basically, he's a
2: he's a sixteen year old girl. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> the sound system's great, though, man. We went from politics <laughs> to to that. I um and and if if you've listened to the podcast today and you're like, well, I thought Chad was this or I think this or whatever, hear the bottom lines again. Um, let's be unified in what matters most. Mm-hmm. And believers in Jesus, we believe in Jesus because we believe He's our Savior, and He's the Savior of the world. That's right. It's not our political party. It's not our political candidate. It's not even our little T truth, you know, small case T mm-hmm. truth opinions. Uh, the savior of the world, the capital T truth, is is Jesus. And so as a believer in Jesus, uh, the truth is I don't live in a democracy mm-hmm. or a constitutional republic or however you want to define our society. Uh, I live in a, a monarchy where Jesus is king. Mm-hmm. And so he has my first allegiance. And then out of that, I figure out how to serve my country well. That's good.
1: Yeah. All right. Thanks for talking politics with us. That's fun, wasn't it? That sure was. Whew, made it through it. That was better than Thanksgiving dinner. I think that was uh, pretty peaceful between the two of us.
2: No, oh, man. I think it. I think it's just the truth. And uh, yeah, again, for all believers in Jesus, let's let's rise above the confusing um, dialect and narrative mm-hmm. and tribal, you know yeah. tribal wars of our land. Mm-hmm. And let's represent Jesus, love each other well, and, and and love people who disagree with us well. Yeah, let's love God
1: and love, love people.
2: people. There you go.
1: Yeah, subscribe to the podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, now that Robert said that, uh, thanks for listening. It would help us if you would actually subscribe and do that, and then maybe share that with some people that you think would enjoy it and, and uh, that it would be helpful too.
1: Yeah, all right. Next week, we'll continue the talk on unity and continue to unpack Scripture and what God says about how we can all be unified in the midst of— Total chaos. <laughs>
2: Craziness. Yep. Thanks, Brad. Right. See you next time.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening to us so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you left us a review or shared this podcast with a friend. Doing that will help us reach and help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you're always welcome to join us online or in person for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc. Thanks for joining us.